Are you ready? Scott Van Pelt for over an hour. I wouldn't know how to summarize any of our conversation other than we do three life advices at the end with Van Pelt. So buckle up and some NBA trade deadline recap slash preview. Enjoy. This episode is brought to you by Hotels.com. When I went on my last holiday to Cape Town, it was amazing. My friends were there, the weather was phenomenal, and most importantly, the food was fantastic. But one thing I struggled with was finding the right places to stay. You know, all I want is a great bed, a fantastic shower, and breakfast that doesn't end at 8 a.m. I'm on holiday, I'm still sleeping. I also like ease, and the Hotels.com app easily helps me to find a perfect hotel for every trip. Whether you're looking for a family-friendly getaway or a relaxing spa weekend, on the Hotels.com app, you can compare up to five hotels side-by-side. Now, why would you want to do that? So you can see prices, amenities, and star ratings. And best of all, you don't have to switch back and forth between options. See? Ease. So, start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app today. Apple Card is the perfect cashback rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase, every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co forward slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City branch, subject to credit approval. Terms apply. Let's talk some NBA trade deadline stuff here. Um, we're going to go through a couple of things that already have happened and then touch on you know where we're at with, with Simmons Harden because that is that is pivoted into it's happening Thursday camps when you talk to people around the league and then, no, maybe it'll probably happen this summer, but it's real and we'll get to it. All right, but let's first start with what Sacramento and Indiana did. Uh, the Pacers moved Sabonis, who apparently I'd heard for a while was, was unhappy, and now that team's just been kind of a mess. Uh, we talked about their rotation the other night. Like, if you're not super locked in, you're like, who are these guys that are playing for them? Um, Turner's had these issues. Brogdon's played half the games. TJ Warren, you're still waiting on the whole time. So the Pacers felt like they were going to be hitting the reset button for a while. And there have been players from them that have just been available. And then out of nowhere, you're like, wait, Sacramento trades Tyrese Halliburton? Did it feel like Halliburton became a Hall of Famer yesterday on social media? Yeah, it did a little bit. But here's the deal. Like, he can do a lot of things in his his entire approach to the game is the exact kind of guy that you would want to play with all the time. His shot making, his vision, his pace, um, the steal numbers for a lot of the stuff that he does. Like this is a really nice player. And oh, by the way, he's 21, I believe, what, 22 later this month. And you have control over him for like five, five years, if not more. All right. And it appeared that he liked Sacramento, which I think is kind of sneaky. The most important thing about any transaction now is will this guy actually want to be here long term, which then pivots us back to Sabonis, where you go, all right, you have Sabonis. I like him. I think he's not the easiest fit with other people all the time, but I like his game. I would like to have Sabonis on my team, but he's got two more years left. And considering who Sacramento has been as a franchise, you may have moved out a really young player like Halliburton who's checked all sorts of boxes who likely was going to stay there because he does the rookie extension anyway, and then you figure it out for a guy like Sabonis, who, again, who I like, but do you know what your future is with him at this point? Um, Sacramento has some issues here. I've heard that Fox isn't happy and that he's let them know 
It hasn't become the nasty thing where I'm demanding to be out of here. But if that happened in the next year, would any of you be surprised? Does this ease some of the duplication of of kind of where they went? No, because I, I kind of actually think Halliburton can play with anybody. But I don't. I don't know. I don't know if Fox was worried about that part of it. I just know that I think it's pretty. In, it's a pretty easy road to go down to say, okay, we start here. Sacramento was what? Sacramento is a team that hasn't made the playoffs for 15 years now, tying the longest drought in NBA history. Um, they didn't want to keep Bogdanovich, but then they let him walk when clearly Bogdanovich gets you at least a first rounder. Um, you didn't want to trade Heald last year or Barnes last year before the deadline because from what I had heard, they were making a push to try to end the playoff drought, which again, when your team is that bad historically, it's like, you know, how about we just make the playoffs so we can say we're the front office that made the playoffs. We end this drought. We we avoid history. Nope, that's not going to happen. So, yes, they tried to do the heel deal with the Lakers, which I'm sure the Lakers are kicking themselves for for not actually doing it. When you consider, like, Heald has some numbers at times. You're like, wait, is this guy amazing? And then you're like, well, no, he isn't amazing, but some of these numbers are amazing. Um, the Barnes part of it, I don't think he's thrilled with it. So I don't know if Halliburton moving him out was somehow to appease anyone else. That doesn't seem to make a ton of sense because here's the overriding factor, and I think why you saw social media freak out, is that guys like Halliburton in that profile, they don't get traded. They just don't get traded. Now, let's pivot to what that means for the market because if that means Halliburton were available and you're starting to play the game of like, wait, if the Ben Simmons-Harden thing can't happen, which is really what everyone around the league is saying, is that whatever you think like, was Sabonis available for Simmons? Well, he just got traded, so I'm sure they could have, probably could have figured it out. I don't like Sabonis and Embiid on the court together at the same time. Wait, does that mean that Sacramento would have done a deal then? And once they pulled back publicly from pursuing Simmons, which now actually turns out to be true, even though I think that was all public campaigning, does that mean that they could have had the Sixers could have had Halliburton? Because that's kind of a nice player to throw with that group, but it's not. We don't think of Halliburton as the Ben Simmons level, depending on what you think of Ben Simmons, right? Well, here's the deal. Monty McNair, who's the GM for the Kings, worked for Daryl Morey for like 13 or 14 years. He was at the Rockets from 2007 on. So I'm pretty sure that if Halliburton were available in any kind of deal, that that Morey would have already known this. But he didn't do the deal because he's still going after Harden. Like I said at the very top, there are two camps around the NBA. People that believe this thing's getting done by Thursday. And people that think it's just going to get done this summer and that maybe it's a part of a bigger deal that would include Tobias Harris getting eaten up by somebody else uh, that has cap space. Not a lot of teams be able to take that on. And then you start to talk about what kind of assets would you package with it where you'd be using that money and then switching Simmons out. And then maybe you go ahead and get hardened free agency and then you're adding another piece like that's more complicated and if Harden, if it's a yes from the Nets and they can figure out who's adding sweetener to what side of the deal, where I still think it would be the Sixers would have to add sweetener for it. We've already gone over the contract numbers for Harden. I don't love the idea in five years of paying that guy 60 million bucks. I just don't really like his approach to things. I would think you'd be a little more prideful if you were a guy that was flirting with MVPs and then winning one, but he's just not. Um, he hasn't played in the last three games. I don't know if that's the hamstring, the longest running hamstring injury in the history of man, or if we're talking about a guy shutting it down so the hamstring isn't even worse so they can pull this thing off on Thursday. But that's where we're at. Some people are convinced it's happening Thursday. Other people say it's happening this summer. And here's what we do know. I haven't heard anybody that says it's not going to happen in some form or fashion. Which again, if it doesn't happen by Thursday, things can change. Things do change. It happens all the time. But it's very important when you look at some of the stuff where you go, oh wait, so I knew the Sixers could have had C.J. McCollum going back to the summer. Sixers turned it down. You see the C.J. McCollum package that New Orleans sends out. You go, okay, Josh Hart, 
Keel, Alexander Walker, who I kind of like. Maybe I shouldn't. Hart's a nice player. I like the way he plays. Um, I'd heard rumors about Atlanta maybe trying to break up the Kevin Herter Bogdanovich thing where you could flip out one of them and then add a heart type player, which allows you to maybe just be a little different at the close of games and somebody a little more toughness. Look at some of Hart's rebounding numbers. Doesn't shoot it as well as maybe you'd want, but man, that guy can rebound. And again, now that he's moved, maybe Atlanta doesn't do anything. Atlanta, everybody's going after John Collins. I think a lot of people are asking about Danilo. Um, I, I don't think Herter or Bogdanovich are untouchable. I think Bogdanovich is better than Hart. I think Hart's probably a little bit better than Herter, even though that hurts me to say out loud. Um, but that's kind of the other part of this. But back to the McCollum piece, if that was the price for McCollum, then you could kind of look at Maury and go, well, if that's what it took to get McCollum, then maybe Ben Simmons for McCollum wouldn't have been a great trade if the market is telling us this is what it is for CJ. On the New Orleans side of it, I think it's very simple. You look at all the moving pieces, and yes, CJ's 30, and he's owed about $70 million just less over the next two years. CJ McCollum makes you better. You're just better. And if you're in New Orleans, kind of with the Sacramento part, not as bad, but when you haven't been very good for a long time post-Anthony Davis, which again, it wasn't like they were great with him. But if you go, hey, maybe there's a version of this where it's Brandon Ingram, it's CJ, and then Zion, where I've heard rumors for not playing this year to coming back in two weeks. We'll see. <laughs> I don't know what I believe. I'm just sharing it with you. If it is actually Zion, Brandon Ingram, CJ McCollum, you're a better team. And you're never going to get a player like CJ McCollum in free agency to New Orleans in the first place. So even though they threw in the pick, even though they threw in a younger player, New Orleans also has so many younger players that they've drafted that they almost needed to move one. And they could probably move another one just to kind of figure out, hey, who's playing and who isn't? And who are we actually going to make a decision on paying? Because we have a logjam of young guys trying to figure out what their next contract is going to be. The last thing I want to touch on, Phoenix Suns, DeAndre Ayton. No, I don't think he's going to get traded. But this is a much more alarming story than I realized. And I'm going to give Simmons some credit here because when Aiton didn't get the extension, he was eligible for five-year $175 million extension, right? The rookie extension that if you're awesome, you get. Luca got it, no problem. Trey Young got it, no problem. Aiton didn't get it. And I've always thought it was a little weird. I've asked some teams about this too. And I go, why would the CBA allow something in there where it exposes you to an extra year of risk? But if you don't do it, it just pisses your player off. And that's why a lot of teams just go ahead and do it. Luke and Trey are no-brainers. Michael Porter Jr. with his back history is not a no-brainer, but he got the full max rookie extension. So then Aiton doesn't get it. And I'm kind of like, look at the Porter Jr. scenario where you go, why would you even expose why would owners even allow this little detail to expose them? to risk a year before they have to because Phoenix was looking at it as, fine, we don't have to give you the extension right now and we'll do it this summer and we still have your rights. And if you sign an offer sheet with somebody else, we'll just go ahead and match it so it doesn't really matter. We're not doing that. And so when Bill had brought it up and we kind of went back and forth, I was like, yeah, okay, but you know what? It's probably just them being cheap, which we both understand. Sarver's incredibly cheap. I don't think they've been in the luxury tax for 10 plus years. Go back and look at his history of selling draft picks. Sarver should not own a professional franchise, okay? I don't want to hear about your day-to-day -day operating losses. I don't want to hear about your yearly losses. With the new TV deal coming in a couple of years, these franchises are going to be worth like even more. I mean, tack on like $500 million, probably to the worst franchise. So I don't want to hear about your operating costs when your asset continues to appreciate, all right? Uh, I wish there was a way we could vote owners out, but if we did that, we would treat it like quarterbacks. We want to vote them out every two years, so that's not even doable, and none of the owners are going to agree to any system that would actually put them in a spot where they were held accountable. So that little owner's rant, over. 
But the more digging that I've done on the Aiton thing, it's that it wasn't, eh, we're not going to give you the extension before we have to, even though most teams, that's just the way you do business. And again, if Aiton, do you think he's at Luka or Trey's level? No. Do we think he's in Bede or Jokic? No. But you know what he is? He's a big who can stay on the floor against small lineups and close playoff games. Is he perfect offensively? No. But he's a really good player, and he's still really young. And I think from a personality standpoint, some of the stuff that I talked about at the top, like will he want to be there, or is he going to be a guy that starts being pissed off all the time? I don't really think that's the case. Um, so when I heard about, well, no, they they actually want to pay him less. Maybe if he signs the offer sheet that doesn't, make them have to go to the five years, which is probably what they'd go ahead and match. Or maybe they look at like, look at what JaVale McGee's doing. Look at what we did when eight was out. Look at our record. Look at some of the minutes we got out of Biombo. And by the way, this is all Chris Paul making this shit happen. Um, so even if you allowed any of those arguments, I would still come back to this one. You go, yeah, but normally you just go ahead and pay this guy. You know, because even if you think, oh, he's not really worth those tough. Okay, so how are you going to replace him? How are you then going to go ahead and bring somebody else in? Now, Sarver said he's not cheap, that he would pay the tax. doesn't. Uh, front office is back Sarver. They work for Sarver, so their quotes are irrelevant on this one. But there were little rumblings that there could be something there. And that's that's. I'm not trying to be an asshole. I'm being vague on purpose because the information is a little vague. But one of the players that was even mentioned, you know, this guy's probably going to get traded anyway. So I just think that it's something to pay closer attention to. Closer attention. So I'm almost telling myself I need to not be as dismissive of, oh, well, they just didn't want to give me the extension now. They'll just do it. go ahead and do it this summer. They still very well may just do the extension. Who knows what happens with the team? They win a championship. Is Sarver really going to be like, hey, we won a title. And by the way, now I don't want to sign our center in his mid-20s. I mean, would he? Would he, even he do that? Would they get the offer sheet that's shorter and go, hey, see, we match. See, I told you we're fine. We're good. Because it's weird in the NBA. And it's not always right, but it's just kind of the way it is. When you're a certain player and you may, you're you not as good as the guy making max, that team doesn't get to shave off two or three million a year because you're not as good as the guy, say, if you're maxed out at 30 million, you're like, well, okay, you're not as good as him, so we pay you 27. No, it's just not the way it works in the league. You just pay that guy 32, even though everybody understands he's not as good as the other guy making 30. Because the other guy who's making 30 that's maxed at 30 would, in an open market, probably be worth even more than that. So the other players actually gain from this system, which I'm not even complaining about. I'm just telling you, this is how business is done, and it feels like Phoenix. Initially, I understand the refusal to do business this way, but now I'm actually worried about it. And you should be, too, if you're a Suns fan. And you already know this but you're probably going to get pissed anyway. This episode is supported by State Farm. So look, a little rock hit your dude's windshield on the highway. And at first you're like, what is that? I'm like, oh, it's just a little mark. Nope. Now by the end of the ride, it's a big crack. And it had been a while. So I check out the State Farm app. I go, hey, this is what happened. And the funny thing is, is I was like, do I want to go app first or do I call old school guy, probably should call. I was like, let's check out the app. Not only did it take a minute to get done, they set up the glass replacement. They told me the estimate ahead of time, said, do you want to go ahead with it? And I was like, now I understand it's all in front of me, all done. I didn't even have to talk to anybody. That's how efficient the insurance game has become. But really, the only words you need to remember are, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. State Farm has options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can Talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need. Have coverage options to protect the things you value most. File a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, just like I did. And 
even reach a real person when you need to talk to somebody. The app was so good, I didn't even need to do that. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Learn more at statefarm.com. This episode is brought to you by Hotels.com. When I went on my last holiday to Cape Town, it was amazing. My friends were there, the weather was phenomenal, and most importantly, the food was fantastic. But one thing I struggled with was finding the right places to stay. You know, all I want is a great bed, a fantastic shower, and breakfast that doesn't end at 8 a.m. I'm on holiday, I'm still sleeping. I also like ease, and the Hotels.com app easily helps me to find a perfect hotel for every trip. Whether you're looking for a family-friendly getaway or a relaxing spa weekend, on the Hotels.com app, you can compare up to five hotels side-by-side. Now, why would you want to do that? So you can see prices, amenities, and star ratings. And best of all, you don't have to switch back and forth between options. See? Ease. So, start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app today. You've seen his work as executive producer (laughs) on Numbers Never Lie. (laughs) <laughs> and he also uh is has been a content guy for a lot of the digital series yeah. that are making their way in a, in a burgeoning ist- industry uh, it's scott van pelt also from sports center what's up yeah yeah uh, they renamed that numbers never lie on us early kind of kind of tricked this little bait and switch but we're we're we're, we're working through some things man we're we're <laughs> I I remember numbers never lie. We there was a million people that tested for it, and the guy that was in charge of it was like, "Hey, no decisions have been made." And we're like, "What are you talking about? You just paid Carissa like a couple hundred grand, and she moved to Connecticut to host the show." It's pretty obvious that like that the plan is already set in motion. It was the same thing with the jump. I tested to host the jump. And the guys, whatever like, happened, yeah. whatever happened with Chris is, I, I, I mean, I figured when that didn't work out, it all went to hell and hell. Oh no, actually she's doing okay. Right. Yeah. It worked out, worked out right on good Fox her. Sundays, There you um, go. home <laughs> furnishings, which I know you like, she's, she's doing a little of that too. House Gotta and get, home. Love that. Well, that's, that's one of those, that those shows and the cooking shows are, are whether you know it or not, you're going to watch them. If you watch two minutes, you're, you're going to get invested. You just get, we talked about this a hundred times. Chopped is the perfect television show. If you see what's in the basket, you're you're going to end up seeing the dessert made. Whether you have any, like we know you. I mean, amazing in the kitchen as we've covered. <laughs> Me, no, but I I want to see what do they what do they make? What kind of what kind of tart do they whip up for dessert? You still watch it? No. Okay. No, I have three children. I come home at night and sit there in the dark and just wait to go to bed. <laughs> I wake up the next day and try to survive until dinner time, bath time, things of that nature. Because I was hoping Chop got to the part where they were like, an arm. Right. <laughs> we always say, an old piece of gum, a human wrist, and some and some chutney. <laughs> now, you were good with it. You'd be like, I used, and then the guy, the judge turns to the next judge. is like, you know, wrist meat done right yeah. can be very flavorful. Like there's a lot of flavor, a lot of, oh, he, you got to sear that though. You got to sear the wrist meat. Look at he's, he's overcooked the wrist meat. The contempt and disdain from the judges on that show was astounding to me. Like, my God, man, it's a, it's a fucking sandwich. Just settle down. Right. You gave me gummy bears and an ostrich egg. So <laughs> right, like, right. sorry. Yeah. <laughs> right. Sorry. I didn't come up with a reduction and, you know, it's some whatever. There was one judge that was crazy horny because every time there was a girl that was like 
remotely attractive, he'd be like, oh my gosh, like the way you did the pasta and you infused it with the balsamic reduction. This is, this is incredible. And then as soon as a guy was there, he'd be like, have you ever made a sandwich before? He fired on every girl that was close to being a finalist or whatever. I I guess it is what it starts with what? Three people. I guess. App, yeah. Three. Then two. App. No, it's going to be four, right? Is it four? I forget. I thought, Gosh. I felt like it was app dinner dessert. It is, but I'm trying to think of how many contestants. Oh no. It's, um, yeah, you've been chopped, right? There you go. Yeah. I've been ch- the host is that- so serious about it too. Yeah, it's four. Yeah. It's four. That makes sense. It's four to three because then you have to have two for dessert for the finals. Yeah, I'm just trying to think how many commercial breaks. I'm just doing it from a TV perspective. You know, just how much you know, 23 minutes of content time. How many? You know, it's the like best that. tease. Well, no, it's the second best tease, as you know, to your guy Maury. Right. Well, I was. I had Greeny right there with Maury. You oh, won't yeah. believe. Yeah. I, I, as soon as you say Greeny, and I think Greeny teases, I just go, come yeah. up with one, come up with one. They're like, the Super Bowl is Sunday, but you could be dead on Monday. We'll tell you why. That's what? that. See, I'm, I'm staying through the, I'm staying through the commercial break. I don't want to die. Do you have to do teases for Sports Center? I don't know. I, I, mean, I just, I'm, a, I just make openly make fun of myself going to break. You know, it's like, I, I, I recently said, because I screwed the tease up, and I said I'd rather do a good time. I'd rather do a good segment than a good tease. I said that on the air. That's that's for like four people. Stanford, yeah. Steve, you on the off chance you're watching, which I know you're not, but I do it in spirit for you because I know you'd you'd appreciate it. Hey, Mister, that was a pretty dynamite tease. All right. Yeah. No, I never quite understood that. I do. It's true because I'd be like, "Do you want?" And here we go. Van Pelt Rosillo start talking radio again. I'd be like, "Do you care about the eight minutes?" Nope. 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 Just that 10 seconds where you promise something that really you can't possibly come up with. <laughs> right. I remember how mad I got at a tease once where it was like, this former Vikings receiver could be headed back to New England. And I'm like, okay, so it's, you know, it's, here we go. We're, we're talking Randy Moss. And it was, I mean, seriously, it wasn't even Jake Reed. I forget who the receiver even was. And you were just like, you just, you just basically hinted at Randy Moss returning to the Patriots. I think they even played B-roll of him. And then Doesn't matter. Came, Doesn't, yeah. you got, you kept him, kept, you yeah. kept him in that successful tease, Rosillo. That's, that's yeah. why, that's why you and I never quite crossed over. We never made it. We never bought into the teasing. I'm not saying to tease poorly. I'm just saying, <laughs> no. let's not, let's not, if we have a pie chart of content, we just threw out there in that segment, the tease <laughs> is not even one percent of it it's like no no two good no. segments do, do, do good content are we doing good content right now i don't know I, honestly i thought we started strong i feel like there maybe minute six was a bit of a lull that's fine we'll get a listening session going here uh what else is going on you are you coming out here for the super bowl uh one night only like the blues brothers uh it'll be a quick in and out i don't know if i'm in your ne- neck of the woods uh his uh, los angeles is very complicated to those of us that don't you know, have multiple residences there. It's, I think I'm in Hollywood. I think that's where we're staying. What's the name <laughs> of the place? The Pendry. Don't know. It sounds fancy though. Who's putting nice. you up? Uh, our good friends in the private aviation space wheels okay. up. Shout yeah, so out to Kenny D. Yeah. So it's out. not going to be bad. It's not going to be a bad time. It never is. They, they, well, they, they, 
it's an interesting thing during our years with, with, with radio, when you'd go to the Super Bowl and, and it's, it's, this is a really interesting week for anybody that's done anything in this space, right? Is the, 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 the setup for it and who's going to do the big shindig and then who's not. And then in the, in recent years, the wheels up, they've, they've gone huge with, with Super Bowl parties. But this year, I think they're going to be on the, some pier in Santa Monica and it was going to be able to be outside. But then, you know, the whole, Omicron came through around Christmas time and everybody was like, hold the phone. And then now obviously that's kind of changing, I guess, uh, depending on our photo op, what are we doing? Holding our breath, yada, yada. Uh, so they're not having, they're, they're not going to have the big, huge blow out the, uh, the budget party. They're just doing some smaller things, but no, I mean, they, I, lots and lots of companies around these big events just do, do really good hospitality. Um, and then sometimes you get stuck with people like me out there doing the warm up back. Yeah. Come on. No, no, no. So first of all, that's a sick part. The wheels up their parties generally have been tier one parties every yes. time, whether yes. it's a Super Bowl, the master's party is incredible because those yeah. parties are hard to pull off. Like this year, people are asking me, Hey, what are you doing? What are we doing? I go, look, I'm going to one thing. And then anybody that wants to come down to Manhattan Beach, you're invited. I'll be here. And because I'm not going up to Hollywood to chase it around. You know, you, me, and Stanford Steve, we made that mistake two years ago in Miami where we're at the Delano. We had a good setup. And then we yep. go, you know, we should probably go to one party. We'll go see the guys over for the, the rough and rowdy thing. And we showed up and it was chaos. We didn't even order a drink. We just were like, all right, let's go back outside rainstorm. And then went back to the hotel. And we hung out at the hotel lobby because we had the setup and it was the best. It was one of the best nights I've ever had in the Super Bowl. And part of it's definitely age, too. So I'm not pretending. But the chasing of it to go to a warehouse with 2000 people and it's just chaos and you're not sure is everybody getting in and all that kind of different stuff like you. The seasoned person eventually gets to the point where you go, I'm not going to Maxim slash FHM on Wednesday, but then a late run, <laughs> you know, right. a, <laughs> no, we got we got the VIP thing for the Playboy deal, which then also there's a there's an EA EA party through the years was always really EA really cool. when the EA party was at its best. There were certain spots it ended up being like still to this day the Scottsdale Arizona EA party five six years ago was one of the best parties I've ever been to. Well, it's because all it is is and and through the years you get to know people and whether it's in the business or athletes and as you as you accumulate enough sort of relationships if they're people you know pretty well or even if they're people you know in passing all you want to be is where those folks are and as you know it's not where can you where can you find the most people you actually want to be with and hang out and catch up and as you do it enough you realize it's the vegas analogy if you're at one spot and you say no no we have to go over to the other spot this the other spot is the same as this spot it's just we're going to lose people on the way from where we are to the other one. So don't do that. If you're, it, it's the cowherd line. Don't try to be happier than happy. If you're in a, if you're in a good spot and good setup, just hang out with those people because you're not finding a better, there isn't a place where they're handing out free money and you know, whatever that, no, no, they've got lobster bisque at this place. Big chunks of it. Huh? Good. And honestly, yeah. Lobster bisque late night at Super Bowl party might not even be right call anyway. I would so, agree. You could end yeah. up, you could end up with food poisoning and then people think you got, just got absolutely wrecked the night before, which you didn't, but that's, that was Dallas. That, that was happened Dallas. to Scott. So we were, that was the Fort Worth deal because ESPN had some deal. Is it true? The guy who developed Fort Worth apparently is the single largest 
like the single person who has the largest hold of Disney stock of any one person in the country. So we always had I this no setup. Idea. Right. We had a setup. Some had better setups than other uh, in Fort Worth. Right. Yeah. I think we've done that story to death. Ours. So we, we, don't need to, we don't need to do the resentment on everything we do. Um, but we get there. The worst snowstorm, I think, in a century in that area. So the whole week was kind of screwed up. And then, Scott, did you even go out the Thursday night? I did. I was at a dinner. I was at a dinner, and there were some some A-lister types and some sort of... But it was an interesting, eclectic combination of people from all over the different industries. And I had to excuse myself from the table. Um, and it was an urgent, like a, a bolt from the table mid-meal because um, there you I go. Mean, I, I'm among, we're among friends and I'll just say you, you show me a man who says he's never shit his pants and I'll show you a liar. And in that moment, <laughs> Ryan, I was going to be that man. And uh, we had the quick super speedy. Ma- Thankfully we got, to, and I was like, wow, that was a, wow, that was sneaky out of nowhere. I, and I, you figure it's passed. And then sadly there was, there was a, re- I'm not going to talk about this moment. I'm not going to keep doing this, but let's just say that it just didn't improve. Uh, and I spent the night basically on the floor in the in the bath in the bedroom bathroom of the hotel there in Fort Worth, and I couldn't go the next day. And everyone just rolls their eyes and like, rookie. Van Pelt went out on Thursday night, got absolutely trucked in Fort Worth. He's hungover and can't do the show. I wish I I wish that was the case. I, I that wasn't what it was. No, because then I had to do the show solo. I'm sorry. On Friday, it was fine. Tariko came by and did a bunch of stuff. And then I was talking to you about Friday. I was like, how do you feel? And you go, I feel great. And since we're buds, I go, okay, well, let's go to the, I think it was the ESPN thing. Yeah, it was like a used rodeo. To, yeah. Like a hoedown. Yeah. Kid Rock hosted a radio. Like he, Kid Rock was the performer at the ESPN party. Can't imagine that would happen again. Things change. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so... Anyway, um, <laughs> I remember talking to one of the suits and I, you know, cause people thought you had gotten hammered. And I was yeah. like, he, first of all, if you know, Scott, it's just not what he does. He doesn't go out and get wrecked on the road. He's first of all, he's over it and he doesn't really, he doesn't drink like that. He just, he doesn't. So it's not true. And I said, you know, I'm trying to figure out if he's going to come tonight. Cause he actually feels better. Like it already, you were, you were ready by that afternoon. You were good to go, but you're the first guy to be like, let me start looking up flights. I'm out of here. Um, and then I remember saying to the suit who I think you and I both, let's say, didn't have a ton of respect for creatively as a creative mind. And no, not a ton. No. And he just was like, well, he better not show up tonight. And I was kind of like, wait, what? I was like, I think he feels better again. I'm still much younger at the time. So I'm thinking, you know, I'm 35 or something. I'm like, what do you mean? The guy feels better. Party tonight. He's good. He's good to go. And the guy's like, no, he better not show up tonight. And then I told you that, of course, because you're my guy. And we both stewed with anger for, you know, a few minutes being but like, wait, like- I, Scott got fucking sick. And now because he misses the show, he can't have food poisoning and move on. And then it's like, and by the way, everybody knows Scott. Like he didn't go out last night and miss the fucking show. He just didn't. We know this. So stop no. pretending that it happened. But let's go back to when you were a kid and you didn't go to school because you felt bad. And then when the bus showed up and your buddies got off and it was like, hey, I didn't go to school, but I do want to play basketball today, mom. And mom's like, you didn't go to school today. You're not going to play basketball. Same deal. Same deal. Yeah, I guess you're right. I, maybe I just didn't like the way I didn't like the tone. The well, tone we was off. We, let's just let's start with the messenger, right? The, the yeah. message from the messenger. And we were like, no, no one's no one's listening to what you're saying here. But right. 
Like, didn't you ask? Well, my... we might have. A, we could have. A, we have a. We have a crow battle outside the window here. There's. There's an. There's a couple angry crows around here. Sorry. It's a big game in Finland. Different title. Angry crows. Angry crows. Uh, what else? I thought we had another Super Bowl thing that I thought was worth bringing we up. We might. Uh, well, we'll see it. We'll see you on Friday. So that'll that'll make sense. Outstanding. I. I I believe Stanford Steve will be in tow. So you, you've, will by all means, we'll have you come by if you, if you want to get a little repast. Yeah, Stanford Steve's trying to fit a week of activities into twenty four hours. So I don't. What's he doing? Is he doing anything with you, or is he just coming for a day and then? You, you, you know who who we're dealing with here. No one knows for sure. It's just he's got it figured out. He was out and he just was in Vegas doing all-star stuff. And my, I mean, he's, he's got it figured out. He's got this and that and the other. And somehow it's he, 10 pounds of stuff in a five pound bag. He does it. He'll, 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 he's got it mapped out. I'm going to find out more for sure, but I'm, I I would think he's going to do that, uh, do the Friday night dinner thing. And then, but then I don't like, I have no idea what else I'm, I, I promise this. This this won't be the Dumel thing where it's like, oh man, I, you just missed me. I was just I was just down in Carmel. I don't know how I could have possibly missed you. Log next time, buddy. Funny you say that. Texted Dumel yesterday. Have you and got you've got plans, tentative plans. <laughs> <laughs> got right back to me. So Calls me Rhino. He's, he's so nice. Yeah, he's, he's the he's, best. Yeah. He's different. He's Hollywood famous. I mean, he's got no, he's got better options than us. Way. I told um, all the big cat PFT and Titus were at my house last night. We taped this. Uh, that's one of the longest podcasts I've ever been a part of, and we just talked. So I'm I'm on back to back, just hanging out with dudes pod content right now. But it somehow came up, and I go, "Yeah, I texted Demel because I'm going to the Riviera." Uh, Homa invited us, so I grabbed a few guys and we're going to go to the Pro-Am and walk it and whatever. You know, it should be kind of a fun little afternoon. I've been, I've done it before. It's the, the hospitality there, you know, pre-COVID was off the charts. It's going to be great. So I I had an extra pass and I th- I go, you know, it's been about a year, I think, or maybe six months since I've, I've reached out to DeMel and he gets back to me. So it's not like, hey, I'm bugging this super famous guy who's another level. And every time he texts me back, it's the most amazing experience. And I'm not going to say specifically what his text back was, but it'd be the equivalent of like, oh, I'm actually going to be in Panama filming this, the, these scenes before we get ready. And, you know, so I, I'm not sure I can make it to your golf thing. And then he's like, oh, I'm, and by the way, I'll be playing this week at Waste Management. And you're like, all right, okay. Right. That I, sounds I, like I a pretty good plan. Yeah. After, I, no, he's, they just played Pebble and, and, that's that's actually where I met him. I met Dumel in Phoenix when he was uh, he was playing in the pro am there. Which that Phoenix is an insane. As we've covered, that's a whole other level. How many years saw. did you do that? How many years did you do that tournament? Phoenix, yeah. Only only like one or two, but it's like dog years. If you do, you only need to do that once or twice, and you're like, I'm good. I am good on on Phoenix because it's it's there's nothing else like it. I mean, I would say this, it's, it's at different stages in life. Phoenix, when you're younger, would be the one to do. But then now, with, a, with an appreciation for the finer things, I'd say the rib there in your neighborhood, that, that's, that's all you need. I mean, it's going to be the same kind of crew, and it's just be a little bit less volume 11. 
Um, but that that's where I met uh, Dumel. It's probably more than twice, but not like I didn't do it like every year because you you it'd come up on the schedule and it'd be time to go. I went. I was only at the golf channel for a, for a small window of time. Um, How many years? Ninety five to two thousand. So I mean, it was I probably did twice in, in that in that window. Um, but that was young Van Pelder. Still kind of had hair and was you know, let's get after it, huh? Who wants to? That's who that's. Wants, who I went to pleated, it once. Who wants these pleated slacks and and golf shirt buttoned to the top? Huh? Who's trying to get some of this? You think I'm afraid <laughs> to throw on sixty bucks in a Banana Republic signature monogram series? I'll do Square it. Square toe Kenneth Coles got him. The with the lugs with the big tire soles, huh? I got him. I don't have. I have no credit really to offer, but we'll pretend like we do. <laughs> Those are the days. Would you? Be willing to date a girl with a lower credit score score than you when you were single. If she had any credit score, she was. We'll put it on your card and we'll figure it out later. Yes, I. We've we've covered these. We've covered these years, man. Yeah, I know. I, I mean, know. the fact that every now and then I'll get some update of what my credit score is, and I, I would. I'm a, I'm an old man, but I, I take great pride in the fact that I pay my stuff on time. Yeah, whenever I get alert now after going through the dark years. I'll be like, oh no, wait. Or like somebody ran my stuff with I didn't tell them to run it. Mm. And I said, Hey, can can we do some, you know, can we just some calculations here on what this would be? And then the guy ran it back and he's like, Well, hey, no, you're good to go on that. I'm like, you ran it? He's like, yeah, it's only a little ding. I go, Yeah, but you don't understand. The little dings add up. Yeah, don't the run little my dings. What yeah, are you like, for? Don't run it because I don't we need to keep it where it is. I can't even with an eight. Yeah. Like I see red and, it, and the, the scale dips back a little. I'm like minus seven points. It's like, what are you, a psychopath? Like, you don't know what it's like. You don't know what it's like. High 500s. You don't even want to leave the fucking house. And the weird thing is, is when your credit's so bad, then you don't even fucking care about it because you're like, yeah. oh, it's so bad. And then you start making worse decisions. Like I started applying for cards just to see how bad my credit card uh, or how bad my credit score was. And then what? somebody was like, no, dickhead, every time you do that, you're getting declined and it's getting worse. You're like, this well, people, is a nasty riddle. And people don't get that our, our, our poor credit years predate caller ID on the phone. So you'd pick it up and it'd be somebody from so-and-so. It was always initials like TWC. And like, what does that mean? Whatever it is, collections. And they were pissed. And I'd have to say, he's not here. They <laughs> were so pissed. They oh, were so, so pissed. pissed. Yeah. Oh my God. I have like, I'm having... Uh, uh, legitimate flashbacks right now. The guy's screaming at me, and oh my god! Yeah, but you know what it does? I think oh. it's. I think in a messed up way, it 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 sharpens you. Does it? Because then, you know, I had I had one roommate. I was starting to turn it back around. And he was like, "Is your? Because you know, we'd gone back and we'd look. This is college, post college, those years. But that's going to follow you for a little while, right? It's yep, going to follow you for is. a little while." And so you're starting to break through, you're starting to make moves and things are getting a little bit better. And I remember calling a, a college roommate who hadn't quite rectified things. And I go, how, I'm like, wait, you still got people calling you, dude? He goes, yeah, yeah. He goes, I don't even care. I like, I invite it now. And I'm like, That's what do you mean? Other, yeah. yeah. It's just like, Hey, you know, this is ridiculous. Is it ridiculous? You think I haven't, you know, I've been hearing from guys like you for 10 years. I think you're going to fucking scare me on the phone, Dave. Like, I don't give a shit. Yeah. <laughs> Fucked it up. What am I going to do? Don't have it for you. Next number on your fucking list. Yeah. 
<laughs> you're like you're like Heath Ledger and Batman. You have nothing to threaten me with. <laughs> I'm just sitting here on my couch. Yeah, yeah. No shit. I owe you seven hundred eighty-five dollars and a half for the last year and a half. If I had it, I'd give it to you. I don't. Now what? Honestly, I don't think that I needed that accent table from Pottery Barn Kids, but I fucking bought it, and you guys did a payment plan, and I things got rough. Table looks great. Yeah, you well, you shouldn't extend credit to people like me because I'll use it. Haven't you figured that out by now? That's awesome. Call the next guy on your list because I'm not the one. And by the way, you didn't even pay the full eight seventy. You yeah. you're a debt agency, so you bought this at twenty percent playing the long game that you were going to get me to pay the full thing. So I know your fucking racket. You're only down not even 200 bucks on this transaction. And you'll write that off when I don't cut you a check. Right. But then they I mean, lean in, they lean right. in like, uh, like your guy from warrior. You owe me 200 bucks. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Hardy. 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 Yeah. I'll who's it going up? Who's you your, who's your go? Bucks. Jesus Christ, man. Pelt's good. This is a good breakout video right here. His face is right up in there. Um, I could feel the hot, warm breath. <laughs> that was another game that we used to play in commercial breaks. <laughs> that we'll, was, Van that Pelt was. would be like, would you rather do this? Yeah. And then one of them was always like, we'd pick somebody and he'd be like, all he's doing is breathing hot breath on your neck for one straight minute. Like he doesn't touch you, no. but he just, he's breathing. You can feel his hot breath. It's almost moist. And it's on the back of your neck, and you have to go one straight minute. You can't do anything. You just have to sit there. And they'd be like, "All right, we're coming back." Be like, "Okay, yeah, trade targets for Ben Roethlisberger." All right, good. All right, we got but it. That, just to be clear, that was during a break. During right? a break, yeah. While you all were enjoying an ad for Subway, we were doing that, and then <laughs> some some tribe would be playing, and you'd have to answer. You know, I, I whatever the other thing than the hot breath was. That's that's what I'd rather do. Look, hot breath won a few times. Trust me. I think you're this, right. You're like, no, I'll take the hot breath. That other thing's horrifying. Uh, <laughs> uh, and let me just say, just if you're wondering who's the best at that, Rusillo. He is the best at that. He gives you no out. There's a, a choice that has to be made, and it's just the least of the, 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 the less horrifying of the two options. Understanding that the option you choose is still horrifying. Never and then I used to game. never play that game with Rusillo. I used to also time it right as we were coming back. And yeah, you did. Van Pelt would have to drive us back in, and he put his head down in his hands, and then we're like, we're back. And then he'd come back up, and he'd have to like, all right, how am I navigating this through, even though I just gave him some horrible scenario yep. just minutes prior. Um, I went to Vegas. I was actually in Vegas when Steve was there. We, I didn't know. I didn't realize he was there. I didn't coordinate with him. Um, one of the guys that he was with is kind of funny. One of the retired hockey players, I'd hit a note up on Saturday and said, Hey, I'm actually here at the game. And then I got a text from him the next day. First, I got a text from him that night. But then the next day, it was a great meeting you, buddy. Make it home safe. And I was like, yeah, I didn't even see you. So I, I just left it. I imagine he just texted the wrong person. Um, but I thought that was kind of funny because I was like, yeah. you know, what? I'm just going to kind of let this one go and let him sort of figure out what he did. Instead of because it's not really relevant to the whole thing, but you, I always do talk about you guys. Like, when's the last time? Do you even go? I mean, you've got three kids now. You've got a wife. I know that you guys had one speed, one speed. Let's go. Um, you had a speed that that few obtain when they go to Vegas, and you'll laugh because I thought about you this past weekend. 
it was kind of a slow Saturday build. People kind of everywhere, different pockets here and there. And then yeah. when I the pl- the plan was laid out in front of me, I had like a drink and then a beer at the hotel bar. And then it was eleven thirty. And then the plan was laid out, and I just looked at everybody playing little cards, and I go, "I'm out," because the Uber lot was right behind me. And I go, I can just be back in my room in 20 minutes. And what I didn't realize uh, until a few years ago, um, and I certainly didn't realize when I was you know, younger doing the show with you, is that Scott never wanted to go out. He just wanted to know what everybody was doing. And it took yep. me forever to figure that out because I'd be out in Chicago and you'd say, where are you? Who's there? What are you doing? And I'd go, well, I'm doing this. And then it's the plan. I'm like, get up, throw a fucking shirt on and let's go. And you'd be like, all right, maybe. And you never, there was never a maybe. You were never doing anything because you were in your room. We had a show the next day and you got maybe a little room service. Maybe you'd rent social network in home, whatever, who knows. And then I, as I got, I was like, oh, that's what he was doing. Because when I got back to my room, I was back in my room by midnight. Granted, I also had to go do another thing the next day and I had to drive back to LA the next day. So all these were factoring in of like, you know what, I'm over it. And then the funniest part, as I, I go a little long here, is I don't know if it's a body chemistry thing or maybe it were just the sheets at the place I stayed. I woke up the next day and it looked like I had been beaten on my torso just from breaking out with like hives. Oh, no. Yeah. And this is so hot. Like, hey, did you hear about Rosillo fucking talking about his Vegas trip? That guy's, that guy's a legend. Um, <laughs> in his room by 12 hives. Hives? Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> and... I remember one time when we did the Super Bowl in New York City, it was the same kind of deal. You were like, what are you doing? I said, look, I'm with Carissa. I'm with a few other people. Get down here. This is where we're going. It's all going to be pretty local. We're not going to go crazy. We're not going to go running around, but we've got a plan. It's a good plan. And then you text me again. You're like, how's it going? I'm like, it's going now. It's going now. It's, it's 1230. Like, where are you? What's going on? You're like, I'm at a Dwayne Reed buying lotion because I can't stop itching my body from this hotel bed. So all of it came full circle. There you go. I, I remember that. I walked to a Dwayne Reed because I think it was a poor thread count on the sheets. That's what happened yeah. to me this weekend. Yeah. See, wait, Rosillo went, he saw the hives. Are they, no, no, he had hives and I didn't see the band. The high, he actually had them. Yeah. I remember that. I remember, God, that was awful. Like I, I was itching to the point that I thought that I was going to cause, like I was going to bleed because it, it itched so bad. And like whatever the hotel lotion situation was, uh, it was not sufficient. I needed something that was going to heal my, my body. So that, that's what I did. I did. I walked and bought lotion um, instead of going out, which is sad. But I do. I think that you reach a point where you're just doing the bookkeeping. You want to know, definitely, you want to know how good's the scene. Is it, is it a, do I want to be there? And even if you want to be there, there's part of you that just decides, I've seen that show before and I'm good. And it sounds like you did this weekend. You you dabbled a bit, you participated a bit, and then you reached, you know, check please, and you were out. That's uh, exactly what I did. I well, mean, but I felt you. bad because some of the guys didn't really know me. And so then one of them texted me, which I've already brought this up in the pod, so I don't need to do a full recap on Monday. But they were like, are you all right? I was like, dude, I'm, I'm amazing. I've been great. Like this Never is, been. Yeah. yeah. Like I just went, no, I don't want to stay. I don't want to stay out till two to go out. I think, but I've I, I talked about this with Steve uh, recently on on uh, on somewhere I think on our pod about just about we were we were we were the cliched group. I mean, we were every cliched group that ever went to your Vegas. crew in Vegas. You're no doubt. Crew. I mean, right. 
just excessive everything. Whatever the whatever the question was, the answer was yes. We, you know, if you whatever the amount of money I had at my disposal was, I'd gamble that and then into every line of credit I could. Just horrible decisions across the board. Um, but we were that group. We we were that group doing the cliched version um, to the point where. I remember our our group of people was there, and I'm not making light of this, but it was we were there one weekend where I, I Affleck was there, and like the week after he was there, it was like he did said he was going to go to rehab, and it was it was well if he's going to rehab, then all of us need to go to rehab because whatever we never we never tapped out wherever we were there, you know what I'm saying? We were going shot for shot, card game for card game, whatever. And no one, I mean, it was, you'd feel horrible for 72 hours after you got back <laughs> and you just go through all of the checklists of your life and just say, none of this is, is acceptable on any level. Why are we doing this? And then by about Friday that week, somebody would say, well, when are we going back? Right. I mean, we were that group and but and you so, were in connecticut so for you in a way you were like hey it's probably a four day on three day off thing and you know it wasn't like you were captain west hartford center so to be yeah. as single as long as you were you know right and for sure it made sense but for you to be like and you had the friends like i love your friends because they don't care and it'll just be like all right this is the plan we're all doing it and you guys do it like that's I mean, that's but, actually but, more rare than people realize I suppose I just think looking back through a lens of being a, an adult that has a completely different life, you just, I mean, I, it, I, I make, I, I'm not embarrassed by how we acted. It's just that there's zero, zero chance that any of that would be run back. I mean, now I would look for a quiet place where I could sit down and play some cards, maybe order some room service. I enjoy the scene, right? But I mean, last week between the NHL All-Star Game the NFL Pro Bowl, I mean, you had a confluence. It had to be all of the, you know, and, and a much younger crowd who's in that lane where that's what you're meant to do when you go out there is sort of live the cliched weekend. Well, then I, it had to be a lot of that. Everywhere you look, that option existed, I'm sure. It was packed. It was absolutely packed. I, I, don't, I don't remember seeing it like that in recent memory. And I've been a bunch for all the NBA stuff and, uh, you know, I think we did a couple of shows out there as well. All right, let's uh, pivot off of that before we get to life advice. Is there an athlete right now that, you know, for me, it was kind of Zion last year, even though I knew there was a chance I could be hurt by it all. But somebody that you watch now, you know, Durant was definitely that guy for you for a while. Mm -hmm. Maybe it's just the NBA. I mean, fig you can go any any direction you want to go right now. But is there somebody in the NBA that when you guys are around getting ready to go on, maybe a college ball player or something like that, where you you kind of – it's funny how when you do the jobs that we have, it's not because of the normal connection to a program or a pro team. It's just all of a sudden your eyes, you pop, and you're like, I love watching this guy. Is there a new guy for you now like that? John Morant. Yeah, it's a great one. It, it, I mean, it's, it's speaking of the cliche. I mean, I, I'm not going, I'm right down the middle of the fairway here. I don't feel like I'm giving you a, I mean, there's, there's a bunch of college guys. I like like Jaden Ivey at, at, at Purdue's a fun watch. Uh, he, he, I think he could be, I think he's, I think he could be a, a, a big time player in the NBA and it's kind of similar to the Io DeSumo from Illinois, who, when he came out, he went second round, which I still can't believe. And 
he's gotten a chance, obviously, with Chicago and has played well. But, I mean, I just – I think what Ja has is that, that certain that certain undeniable, obvious quality where if he's scoring 40, sure. But even on a night where it's – you know, he said he played like shit against the Knicks because he didn't shoot it well. And you're like, okay, whatever. I don't – no one's looking at your box score and is worried about what, what your efficiency was. It's just you do things that – attract our attention and the attention of the people you're playing that allow you to facilitate the guys on your team. That's a fun roster. Um, and they, they have a lot of buy-in from, you know, people I talk to Legler, Richard Jefferson, whatever they all think, look, they'll get a tough first round series, but neither Phoenix nor golden state wants, wants to, you know, sign up for potentially seven games with those dudes because of jaw. And when he said something about, you know, we'll run up the chimney, to get that smoke, that's 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 always been the Memphis ethos. Whether it was Allen and Zach Randolph back in the day, there's something about Memphis that just it just bleeds into who their team is and their identity is like we don't give a fuck. <laughs> you want to go? Let's go. I love that about them. Whether it was that the, the era from you know ten years ago or them right now, and so to me, it's Jaw is just every bit of what you want uh, a leader to be. I think. Yeah, that team's attitude is real. And especially when a team is young and it's new, we all love it. And I thought that LeBron clip that leaked a couple weeks ago, the audio where they were playing him, and he just starts saying, all right, enough of this shit. And then they're like, what? What? He's like, you guys make a couple shots and you start talking shit. Fucking had it. And he was kind of like, it was sort of funny for LeBron also too, as as LeBron James to start telling uh-huh. these other guys, like, shut the fuck up. But they back it up. They win. They play with a joy. Uh, it was something that dawned on me, you know, I'd say a month or so ago, I did a thing on the pod where I go, you know, there's everybody kind of knows exactly how they fit in. Uh, they really play for each other, which and that's is really, really rare. Exactly. Yeah. That's what I was going to say. It's really rare for that many young dudes, to, young be dudes. Able to, to be able to look at the puzzle and know, okay, I might not be the, the, the most important piece, but I, I'm a piece and I'll be, you know, it's the old coach Collins line. Know your role, be a star in your role. I mean, they seem to get it. And I, you know how much college hoops I watch. Desmond Bain at TCU, okay, sure. If you'd have told me when he was there, he's going to be this in the NBA, I would have laughed at you. I had no idea he could be this. And you know this better than anybody as much as you watch it. So much of it is where you end up, right? Yeah. Do, you, do you find a place where what you do, how you do it, serves the purpose that his role there serves? Uh, I mean, I think Jackson quickly at Michigan State, you knew he might be something. The kid from Stanford that everyone thought coming out, Zaire was going to be like, he was high five-star dude, right? And then his year there didn't go the way anyone would have wanted it to go, blah, blah, blah. You start seeing him get some some flashes where, whoa, that's you've got that in the tank. But again, it's all about Ja being, in my opinion, um, I don't know, just a... Is it is it a unique skill? It seems like it because he's just like his physical makeup versus the way he plays. They they don't doesn't make sense to me. I, I don't know how you do what he does at his size or whatever. But I don't know. They, you say like you said it well. I mean, that's the attitude's real. I think their threat is real. Are they Golden State or Phoenix? Man, no, probably not. Um, but they don't think that. <laughs> no, they don't. They don't. And I I think there's some bigs in the West that might be horrified by having to chase jaw around on 
like switches. And I don't know how they're going to play it. They're going to drop or whatever. But I mean, this is real. And it's been going on here for a while. And I know Josh shooting, you know, dipped a bit in the last month um, because that was the part of his game. You were like, wait, now this guy's going to hit 36% of threes now too. Like, whoa, well, that was, that was found money, right? That was the bonus because that's, yeah. that's, I mean, I always say that on like in the highlight, if you're, if he's going to take that shot, please take that shot. Well, oh, if you're going to hit at that rate, well, now I don't know what I'm supposed to do because the second I go to close out, you're by me. And then what? You know what I mean? Yeah, that's it, clearly it's hard to stay in front of him. OK, because somebody <laughs> somebody would have figured it out by now right. uh, if there was a better way to, to handle his drives because they're relentless. He's almost like a, a, a guy like, you know, the hockey players that can skate and they can skate in any direction with the same amount of power. Like he he has this ability to kind of just move in different directions with the basketball at this absurd rate. And it's not always just a straight line thing. And then he mm -hmm. changes it on you at the last minute with a step or where it's coming out of his hands. So well, then yeah, you're never squared up. Even when you think you're squared up at the rim with him, he's just going to the release. You're just not going to stop it. Right, because he's going to do that thing where that extra split second where you're on your way down, and then he just reaches back, and then it's with a left. Or yeah, something. I mean, I, I don't know how. I don't know. How, he, he does a bunch of matrix stuff. I don't. He's again. I all this is stuff people are, are seeing on a nightly basis around the league, but uh, he certainly he's one of those guys. And you know, through the years, there've been lots of them. There's certain athletes who, when they play, become a we're going to build a highlight around this guy, whether he's the guy or not. And I always try to caution people that are doing our show. Listen. I guess it, it's job, but if it's somebody else, make sure we don't just make it about job. But even when he's not the guy, you, he's still the guy you're looking at uh, because he's got everything that we're describing. Let's do uh, a couple life advices here. Apple Card is the perfect cash back rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co forward slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City branch, subject to credit approval. Terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Hulu Plus Live TV. Looking for a better way to watch live TV? Stream your favorite sports and shows on over 95 live channels with Hulu Plus Live TV. Get access to Hulu's entire streaming library, Disney Plus and ESPN Plus, all in one plan. Start your free trial of Hulu Plus Live TV today. Live TV plan required. Restrictions apply. Access content from each service separately. Learn more at Hulu.com. You want details? Bye. I drive a Ferrari, 355 Cabriolet. What's up? I have a ridiculous house in the South Fork. I have every toy you can possibly imagine. And best of all, kids, I am liquid. So, now you know what's possible. Let me tell you what's required. All right, I, um, I saved this one for you oh, because it's, it's pretty funny because I can make fun of myself here quite a bit. Hey, Ryan, 511-190 in Newtown, not like it is used colloquially but just moved to Dallas, so I am new in town per se. Okay. I make a good deal of money and want to buy a Ferrari. This guy's doing great. My wife thinks it's ridiculous. She wouldn't think so if the car was for her and she got it for her birthday. Ooh, tension. I bought her a Lexus amongst many other expensive things, most recently a house she loves and adores. I typically spend money on my friends and family, tickets to games, shows, cash, trips, etc., and rarely make any personal big purchases for myself. Since I was a kid, I always wanted a Ferrari. 
and now I can actually buy one. I'll be honest and admit that spending that kind of money for a car, I'll drive less than 4,000 miles in a year is egregious. And it really is fruitless when you cut it every way. Aside from utility in the economic sense, it's not like I'm using it to pick up women or anything, but I really fucking want it and have the means to do it. Thoughts. Um, side note, my wife also makes good money about one twentieth of what I make. This guy's killing it. Uh, when I float the idea of buying things for myself, such as watches, cars, that's pretty much it. She pushes back and almost castigates me for spending admittedly gross amounts of money for materialistic things. Again, she loves all the expensive materialistic things I buy her. Sorry to drag on. Any advice is needed. Um, I'll just put myself out there. I looked into it. A Ferrari? Yeah, I looked into it. Okay, as someone who's never priced them, what's a Ferrari set you set a guy back? Well, you lease it. You know, I think well, you would lease it. Okay, what's yeah. what do we what's the note? What's no. our monthly note for the guys whose credit score used to start with a 5? What's well, the here, monthly? Just tell me how much it is. Well, there's 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 a little ex- explaining. I'll get to it quickly, all right? Here's how like remember when I went sidecar and Van Pelt stops me in the parking lot. He's like, wait, did, are you a two-car guy now? And I go, yeah, I got a little little sporty Lexus sedan to go with the, the SUV. Yep. And Van Pelt's like, that's such a fucking baller move. And I was like, thank you. Thank you for understanding. I was like, I always want to do it. And I did it. And I did it. So there you go. And by the way, the lease on that Lexus was was minimal. Negligible. What, right. Negligible. But what what I was originally looking at, I was I was looking at that that Audi. Is it the Quattro? I'm trying yeah. to think. I think well, it's I like mean, they make a Quattro. Yeah, it's not the Quattro. It's whatever that crazy one is, where I think it's over 200 grand for that car. And again, I was wow. just going to do a lease. I wasn't going to buy the thing. And I went to go test drive it. The guy's like, by the way, full circle here. He's like, we have to run a credit check. I'm like, you have to run a credit check to let me drive this to test drive it. And he goes, yeah, it's just the way it works. I go, well then. I'm not going to let you do my crack. I can't handle that ding. Seven points, just test drive a car. Fuck no, I'm not doing that. So what happened was a guy was like, you could get a Maserati, but how much you're willing to spend, you'd get the worst Maserati or you can get the best Lexus. And the best Lexus is better than the worst Maserati. It just doesn't look as cool maybe, but engine wise and all the performance stuff, like this is actually a better car. Not All right. So getting us to the Ferrari and the pricing, you can get into one for a little money down and maybe three, four K a month to lease it. But you can't do that and lease the starter kit Ferrari. You have to get to like the 400,000, the $500,000 one. And then the lease on that, when you start doing the math, you go, I don't care how rich you are. It's, it's a, it's a cash burn, man. And by the way, it's not like, Hey, do you want eight or 10,000 miles for your lease? It's like, we're going to give you two, three or four. So I, I don't, I don't know. I'd have a hard time and I'll let you jump in here. I'd have a hard time, no matter where I was at to say, I can burn that kind of cash on a Ferrari lease for a car that I'm not even going to be driving every day. I don't know. No, I mean, a Lexus or Audi or some little sportier model that's less uh, of a utility vehicle than an, an SUV. Sure. I'm, I get it. You want something to tool around down the, uh, in Malibu in a fine. But how I, 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 I'm very hesitant in life to cast aspersions to people on people that have achieved success and you want to spend your money how you want to spend it. 
I just don't believe this email from this person. The whole thing sounds like it's bullshit. I don't believe it. Wait, you don't believe any of it? No, I don't believe it. This person's just spending, giving money to friends to take trips, buying houses for, just go back and go back and listen to the story. Does the story sound believable? No, I don't think he's just giving money to people. He says, I typically spend my money on my friends and family. So he's the guy covering the tickets. Okay. He's the one covering tickets for shows. Okay, um, but so so the so the way I'm hearing this then is that he's bought a very nice house, which yeah. he, which not just for his wife, but he and his wife enjoy it. Right. Okay. If if we're just if we're accepting this very articulate email at face value, which is always is, dangerous. Yeah. For, I'll humor this emailer and say, if you've achieved this level of success, where you're able to comfortably look after friends, family, your, your wife, and you want to spend a, a shit ton of money on a car that makes you feel happy, then get the car. You don't have to, you, 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 you're, everyone's on scholarship because of you and you don't get to do something that makes you feel happy because your wife is going to give you a hard time for that. I would say, hold on. If, if we couldn't meet other obligations because I'm spending an obscene amount of money, this cash burn, then sure. I see what you're saying. I'm covering everything as is, and and Daddy wants to feel happy in the red car tooling down the road. Then get the car. Life's too short to not get it. But yeah, yeah. If you can do it, go ahead and get it. I just think that there's, I mean, look, even with the private aviation deal, like when you actually see how much it costs, like there's a number where I go, yeah, I don't know. I'll probably just get a first class ticket on Delta. Yeah. No, no, there's, there's, <laughs> right. and I'm, right. not, I'm not knocking the friends at wheels up, but there are times where you go, wait, what? For certain, of, of course. Well, I, I don't know. I mean, I certainly can't afford to go from A to B that way all the time in my life. It's, but th- that's a whole different conversation. Right. For, for, for this guy who's the way I heard it, he's loaded. Is, he's loaded. He's, Right. You're super rich and yeah. everybody's good. And it's not like your kid can't go to college because I got a Ferrari. No, you're good. And, and maybe you love it, right? Maybe you love it. Maybe you renew. And then maybe after a year you go, look, we got a Ferrari Roma here at South Bay Ferrari. There you go. You know, this the thing's real, at 400000 The real question for your email, I think, is, is, is what's the source of tension between you and wifey when it comes to this stuff? I mean, if, if you're doing great, I think you you you... You can have an adult conversation where you say, I love you. You love me. Uh, I want to give myself uh, a, a little, this is, this is something I've always wanted and I have the means to do it. And I shouldn't have to ask for, you know, well, the permission part, yes, but I shouldn't get a ton of crap for it down the road if we've covered the fact that we're good, even if I do this. You know, I like I like art. Sometimes I buy a little art. You do you like know? art. Yeah. My wife doesn't always love it, but I'm like, listen, this, this little Banksy on the wall here, You've done pretty well on that one, huh? Got to trust your. You got to trust my eye. Might not like it, but but just trust. Got to trust. Relationships are about trust, right? Yeah, that seems annoying. Dropped, I just name dropped a Banksy, which is really really just low. That's really distasteful. Yeah, I don't know. People might get done with this episode and be like, maybe those guys suck. Yeah, uh, is he an art snob? We got a 2020 Ferrari 488 Pista. Yeah, it's only 1,900 miles on this one right now. What is that? To, how much is that setting you back? This one, this thing's nice. Uh, five hundred and thirty grand. Do it. Do it. You won't do it. Here's what you I would won't. say about any of the high ticket items or the really luxury items. Uh, 
you can buy them and then whatever that rush is from buying it, it kind of goes away. Uh, or you're in a, or you're in a Ferrari. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm imagining on a sunny day when the world is right and you got a lot of those out there where, where you live, you know, you, you're probably not going to have too many days where you're driving around in the rain, pulling into the grocery store thinking, I probably could have done this in the, in the Yukon. You know, I, I imagine mostly it's just a whole lot of smiles and happiness, I would guess. Okay. Uh, let's do one that has nothing to do with assets. All right. 6'6". Six, six. Hey, almost Van Pelt's height. 260. Got me beat there. <laughs> Working on getting back to 225 and dunking again. There you go. Um, I'm a lawyer, run a satellite office for a national firm. One of the lawyers I supervise, let's call him Larry, has been an issue. Larry has taken the laid back approach, uh, laid back. He's taken the laid back nature of pandemic work to an extreme, working from home frequently and went in the office wearing ripped jeans and backwards hat. I'm 43. And when I started being in the office from eight to six and wearing a suit daily was expected. By the way, early SVP Rosilla days, SVP show days, I got dressed up. I, somebody showed me a picture from a 2010 show the other day. I love dress pants and dress shirts. And once I, once I got north of, there were just some dress shirts. I have way too many dress shirts now. I never wear them ever, but I, I was not afraid of a nice press dress shirt back in the day. I, I admired that. You'd come in in a nice tweed slack, a proper shoe and a, and a, you know, and it actually served as content because we had out of rotation shirt days, which we got some mileage out of, but, uh, we did. So, so it sounds like Larry's just, he's punted on that. Yeah. Larry's just, you know. He goes, I'm, and our emailer says, I'm okay with some of the changes as long as the work is getting done. But now here's the problem. Larry's work productivity has been down and his hours are not up to expectations. I was reviewing bills and noticed a significant number of hours were spent on a task. When I looked for the work product, it wasn't there. I asked Larry about this. He claimed it must be on his home computer, even though everything should be saved to the work server. That's a great point. He said he would send it to me when he got home so I could finalize the bill. Okay, great. I hadn't gotten by 7 p.m., so I sent a reminder email to him. I went to bed without getting a response. When I woke up, I had a 2 a.m. reply saying he had just gotten the email and had uploaded the document. I find this very hard to believe. Seems like he just went home and did the work, right? Yeah. 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 <laughs> right. Now, how do I handle this? I'm not sure I can directly confirm the lie, but I also have zero trust in him now. What's the move? Stop being suspicious and move on or fire him since I no longer trust him and worried he will risk the relationships I spent years building. Don't fire him. Don't fire him. Pandemic's been tough on people. Um, the whole dress thing and the, the way the world's changing me, I had this conversation with Jay Wright. I said, Jay, I, I get the quarter zips. We did. We went to that last year, but you got you got probably a, conservatively a half million dollars in excellent suits. You got to wear the suits, right? You got, <laughs> and it's been interesting to see. We Mick Cronin still goes very dapper on the sidelines there in your neck of the woods. Others, very a lot. A lot of coaches are just going for the comfort, the quarter zip, because we got into a comfortable stage with during the pandemic where people just this is what we do. Um, sounds like Larry. Is that what we call him, Larry? Yeah. Sounds like Larry got Larry. Larry started letting some stuff slip, and productivity suffered as a result. But I'm thinking you had Larry there for a reason. Larry's been a valuable member of your of your office for a while, and you got more good times and good more good history than Larry than bad. And this was a wake up call to Larry. 
Larry went home. He, you know, churned out some hours, billable content, I guess. I don't understand the lawyer game. And he sent it to you. You got to be able to have, you got to be able to have Larry come in and say, listen, Larry, you and I both know what happened. You went home and you did this uh, and you're wearing your hat backwards at work and you're kind of not showing a lot of respect for what, for the profession, for the office. And I'm going to need you to, to sort that out uh, and get back on track here. And if you do, we're good. And if you don't, then we're going to have a problem, right? Yeah, I don't think fire him. I think you're absolutely right on that one. Um, but right. I would I would want to see how he reacts to just be putting in the crosshairs. But like, hey, can you come in and talk to me? Because clearly that's what he did. He didn't do the job. He went home. He worked on it. That's why he didn't respond. He he played it and played it. And so he made up shit. He did lie to you, but he lied mm -hmm. to you in the effort of like, all right, so you realize this guy's been slipping the whole thing. So I would just sit him down and be like, hey, look, here's what I think you did. And lay out the timeline just like you did in the email and see how he responds. And if he goes defiant and weird, then you may have a different conversation with him. You know, maybe maybe this is because, you know, the emailer clearly is kind of sick of this guy to even send in the email in the first place. But I wouldn't fire him just because of this. I would talk him through it. And, you know, hopefully he can just say, you know what? I have been slacking or I have been this, but I don't know. You know, people, all of us have a really hard time when we're called out for something, especially when we're wrong. <laughs> you know? right, but, but, but I think th this is, this is a, a different flavor, the same conversation about being in, about being in Vegas and whether you want to go out and go nuts or when you, when you go to the Uber lot. I think, I think as you get older, hopefully you have maybe a, a little bit more tolerance for somebody fucking up which it sounds like maybe this this happened where you just go all right look look you he's clearly been there long enough for you to have enough built up equity that you're not just firing him for what you believe is a lie so you can actually have an adult conversation just like we're having he said listen this is what this this is how this reads to me you tell me if you're sitting where i'm sitting this is has to be what you, what happened here you tell me i'm wrong okay but if it is then i'm not telling you you're out i'm just telling you we can't we can't carry on like this we can't just let this stuff slip, and a lot—it's a lot of stuff for a lot of us to slip in a lot of ways. But we got to be more buttoned up with that. And moving forward, I'm going to expect that you will, because you will, right? So you're—I mean—you got to put the onus back on the person and say that. That's that, if, if you have this relationship, you would have earned the right to at least have this, have this mistake, haven't you? Yeah, I just wonder if he's already been doing all these other things, and this was the the crescendo if you've well, been sucks, vocally trained if he yeah. sucks then this is your entree to say you gotta go but it doesn't sound like that it just sounds like this stuff it sounds like this is pandemic related where everything kind of slips and i think that's happened to a lot of people in a lot of different arenas of life hasn't it absolutely but right. if you're running a business it's like okay i get it we all went through something but now i'm gonna need i'm gonna need larry i'm gonna need pre-ripped jeans Backwards hat, Larry. And nobody hates the backwards cowherd. Wait, is this from Colin Cowherd? Backwards hat. All right, we have one more, and then we'll let you get on your day. Because that's uh, all right. That's I, all right. I feel like so far we got. You should be able to buy the car. And yeah. I feel like I feel like you have a conversation with Larry and say this is the stop sign for your behavior, and we either sort this out or, or we're going to have to have you know we're going to have to leave the firm. No one wants that. All right, last one. The stop sign for behavior. I, that's I like that. The only thing I could think of, though, is if it is a firm and this guy's fucking up the billing and a client calls him on it, that also could be a problem. But again, we're both not lawyers, if you could not guess. Okay, no, final I, one I, here. I, have, I took film classes, not law classes. I took environmental law. F. <laughs>
<laughs> failed it. Just failed it. I skipped it so much I was embarrassed when I showed up. Right. I, do you still have the? I still have the dream. Oh right? yeah. The, the class that you should. You're looking for the class. You show up late. You haven't been. I still have those dreams. No, mine still. is I find out I have a final for a class I've never of course, gone to. Of, yeah. of course, and you right. don't know where the class is. But yet, but yet, even in the dream, you're still strangely confident that when you get there, you're going to be able to pull it off. Yeah, I'm in the dream. I'm planning on. Okay. Oh yeah. This is going to be challenging. But I got it. I got it. I'm good. I can get through. I heard it's a lot of hurt. It's a lot of common sense. I, when older people, for the younger people listening right now, when older people tell you that something, whether it's, you know, like I took series six, I don't think I took series seven, I took series six and, you know, I asked the guy, cause at one point I was like, I guess maybe I'll do this. And then he was like, I'm like, what's up with the test? Guy's like, it's a lot of common sense. <laughs> it's a lot was of, it? <laughs> I failed it. Of course and you so did. So then the, uh, the partner at the firm was like, who's this fucking idiot bartender? He fit this. This is the easy one. This isn't even that hard. And the guy met with me to find out if I was just an idiot. And then he was kind of like, oh, I don't think this guy's stupid. And so he was like, what kind of prep did you do with my partner? I was like, he told me it was common sense. <laughs> he goes, yeah, for people that have been doing this job for 20 years, it's common sense. He's like, not, not for you. So then anyway. he left that part out. Yeah. Left that part out. Common sense. If you've got decades of worth of <laughs> sort of on-the-job experience. If, How do you've I, been, <laughs> if you've been pouring out boilermakers and woo-woos for the last 10 years, you, the comments that you've acquired might not really have an application here. Yeah, if you hit them, if you hit them with extra sour, our right. profit, our liquor, our liquor cost is a lot better. Um, yeah, hey, how do, I, how do I read this highlight and toss a gnat sound? Common sense. You'll Common figure it sense. out. You'll figure it out. Just look right there. Those words. There's your words. Read those. All right. Here we go. Last one. Second date disaster. Here we go. Second date disaster. All caps. 29, 510, 265. Ex soccer player. So I'm all cardio biking. I got to ask. Yeah. I got to ask. I'm all cardio biking. 510, 265. That's an interesting build uh, for a lot of cardio. I don't, I'm just trying to trying to picture where where the dispersion is. That's got to be a typo, unless he's just a bowling ball of a human being. It's yeah, it's all it's like one of those guys who just oh, no, I feel it like the gut, and it's like just it's just it's not muscle, it's just solid. I don't know. Yeah, but he's saying he played soccer. That's like the opposite of. Okay, well, we're going to keep moving on. Um, ex-resident of West Hartford, shout out Luna Pizza. I know a big Luna Pizza fan when I see yeah, one right now. I miss it. Miss it. No pie down here like that. We miss you, Luna. Love you. All right. Big fan of yours ever since uh, SVP and Rosilla days. This works out great. All right. Got a good one for you. Living in Chicago, working in tech sales. Went to a Big Ten school. We'll leave it out. Good crew of buddies living here with me. We did our fair share of partying back in the day, but aren't really major drinkers nowadays. Relevant later. Uh-oh. Anyway, the story begins a few weekends ago. We were all out at a popular bar for AFC NFC Championship game. We hadn't been at the bar for long before I noticed bold font, an extremely attractive girl, continuing to look back at me. Let's call her Jenna. I gave it a little more time to ensure I wasn't misreading the situation, but sure enough, she kept looking back at me. At that point, I went over, struck up a conversation with Jenna. We hit it off immediately. Eventually, my crew joined up with hers. By the end of the night, I got her number. We even shared a nice little smooch. <laughs> all right. I like how he has these real self-awareness here. He says, normally I'm very against making out of bars in bars at 29, but 
what can you do? Yeah. You know what? You and, Je- you and Jenna struck it up, and that felt like the appropriate thing. Okay. Okay. Anyway, we proceeded to text all through the following week and went on an amazing first date. She was funny, smart, loved sports. I could tell she was into me, too. Great chemistry, and I knew there was something blossoming. After the date, we even made plans to see each other the next week, too. And that's where things went off the rails. I hate where this is going. Cut to last week when we were set to meet for drinks at this awesome new bar. I was running a little late from work, so unfortunately I had to skip dinner to meet her on time. Uh Uh-oh. The date started off great again, and the cocktails are flowing. Jenna went with Moscow Mules, and I went with Old Fashions. As the date went on, though, every time the waitress came back to our table, Jenna would order another drink. And even though I wasn't done with mine, I'd order another to keep up. Not my best strategy. We had quite a few cocktails, but everything was going so well that we decided to stop for a nightcap at a bar by my place. This is where things started getting hazy. We had a few more drinks at the second bar, and eventually my haziness turned into a full-blown blackout. In that time frame, apparently my drunken stupor, I went to the bathroom and then just left the bar to go home without her. Didn't say goodbye or anything. A full-blown Irish exit. I even left my coat there. Well, the alarm bells just went off and you had your, the inner GPS just wanted to get you home. In the morning, I checked my phone and upset alert, Jenna was pissed. When she asked what happened, I was so hungover, I panicked and said, quote, my roommate said there was an emergency that I needed to help handle. Jenna then responded with, why the hell didn't you say any goodbye, though? You walked right past me. Uh-oh. Too proud. I tried to defend my original answer instead of fessing up to the alcohol got the best of me. But after a very few short responses back and forth, she stopped responding. When I texted her later in the week to check in, no response. So this all leads to the reason for the email. The girl was super awesome and I really want to try to win her back, but I'm worried the damage is done. I'm not trying to be annoying or clingy. So do I, one, just take the L and know it's over and not text back or two, come clean with a real story and tell her I don't drink that much and just blacked out. Also, shout out to Roots and Kyle. This is simple. This is simple. Okay. Jenna? I blacked out. I don't drink that much. I I was trying to keep up. I blacked out. I have no idea what happened. I obviously wouldn't have walked past you if I was in my right mind. I wasn't. I made up a story because I was embarrassed. That's what happened. I I would love to see you again. I'll just set, tell you in advance. I might need to have one to your two, um, and that'll <laughs> that'll keep me more coherent. And I'd love to, I'd love another shot at this. That's, that's just the truth is always the right answer. And, and, and in this case, it would explain a lot. You, you, you're, you're trying to tell some girl that you, there was an emergency and that's why you walked past her. No, Jenna, I blacked out. I'm, I am mortified that that happened. And I, I'd love it. I'd love a chance to start over sober and not get to that state again. Cause it seemed like we were having fun before I, checked out yeah that's definitely but i think you gotta add some sweeteners to the deal i would do handwritten note svp style explain it all just like scott just said and then throw in some kind of gift and some flowers and say oh i got a little head to the side thing that seems some resistance from van Pelt here on the zoom no you flowers don't buy, you don't need to buy gifts they don't they don't need to be or if you want to send flowers with an hey i'm sorry let me come clean that that that's fine I'm just saying, you're not. I don't think you need to buy back with gifts. I'm uh, saying there needs to be an effort beyond the text. Hey, I'm sorry. You're no, right. Agreed. You're agreed, there needs but- to be there needs to be something that shows that you're upping the game a little bit to figure it all out. And by the way, 
what's up with Jenna? You know, could he say, hey, I didn't know you were fucking lush and I tried to keep up. And by the way, that might be a tell that she would be more understanding if you blacked out, if that's how hard she drinks, where you go, look, this isn't normal. This is what happened. I didn't eat dinner. More relationships and people have been suspended from shows because of no dinner than history can ever keep track of. <laughs> little little dinner sets the base. We just established You know what all helps is breakfast and lunch also. Right. So any of that. I I think you need to do a little something to show this is more than just the straight apology, though. And that's why when I got the head bob from you, I'm like, all right. So we've already covered all of that. But I, it needs to be I maybe just, handwritten. It need, there needs to be something that people don't normally do to express that you have regret and that you're serious about this person, which you clearly are. Or you know what you could do? You could send her the link to this part of the podcast at the timestamp and go, this is how bad I feel. I have two guys yeah. various degrees. Jenna, of, give them a chance. Give him a chance. And also maybe let, let's let's take a look in the mirror. Like what kind of what kind of Wednesday drinking are we doing? <laughs> huh? You put a guy out. He left yeah. out huh? What is she from Baton Rouge? I mean, yeah. this is unbelievable. And by the way, how great is it if we can allow to laugh when they tell the story at their wedding? <laughs> Him just walking by no coat zombie mode, not saying a word to this girl that he's been out with all night. I'm trying to, and in, in this in this part of the podcast, I am playing the role of Jenna. There goes, what's his name? Uh, we're leaving that out. Okay. Here goes 29-year-old Big Ten school guy without his coat. I'm Jenna. What the fuck? Can I get another? I, can I get another? There you go. That's all it was. I just, it was a, it was a WTF and I'll take one more. I, I, his I'm, lie, his lie may burn him though. It might, said, but right. see, the, the, the handwritten note part is problematic because my guess is he doesn't know her home address. And this isn't, hey, where do you live? Probably no. that's not gonna that's no. not gonna get the response. No, no, I need a fixed address. No, no, I'm ghosting you, buddy. I'm not sending you my address. No, I need to send you a handwritten note. Rosillo told me that in, in life advice. Um the handwritten notes is in life, we you know I'm a big fan of that, but I just think the honor, again, it's the same thing as Larry. It's just, if you're going back to just, it's the honesty where you just like, I got wrecked. I totally blacked out. And that's what happened. And I'd love to start over before I was completely blotto and, and give this, uh, give this a shot because it seemed like we were having a good time. And maybe he, maybe he was just super buzzed and thought it was going great. And Jenna wasn't having any fun, but it sounded like she was. And she was genuinely troubled that he left as you would be. If the person you were having drinks with walked right past you without their coat and left, she's right to be like, what was that? Naturally. Right. But, but if she, I think everybody in the beginning, you should be given a chance. You know, you should be given a chance. And, you know, if he doesn't do it the next time, then, you know, maybe, maybe we're good. But I would, I would play her the podcast. I would send him a link to this and be like, you have to listen to this. Or you go outside of her apartment, which you may not know where it is, hold up a boom box. You say, play, yeah, just go it say anything. Yeah, it is. You're in Chicago. Just get the boombox. Everybody will know. Oh, look, he's trying to win the girl back. But yeah, but it's two assholes talking. It's not Peter Gabriel. What's going on? <laughs> Wait a minute. When did I become a... Oh, yeah. All right. Guilty. Guilty hey. as charged, officer. Oh, hey. You're Dude, you know, you know who I've been reading about is, oh. is uh, fucking Benny Arnold. Yeah. Who? Benedict Arnold. Dude, he got a raw deal. Straight up. 
Let me fucking lay it out for you. Resume. All right. Fucking guy heads up to Ticonderoga, fucking gets gets blasted. All right. And then uh, he's supposed to fucking just invade Montreal and then Quebec City. Like, that's an easy thing to do, right? But then there's this other fucking guy, Horatio or something, and then he's not getting all the credit he deserves. Fucking Washington's his boy. GW's like, dude, you get it. We're awesome. We're on the same page. Fucking guy takes a mullet in the shin, all right? And he's fucking stuck on desk duty, right? And then he had a merchant background. His father was a merchant. His father was a big drinker. They lost the merchant business, the textiles, whatnot, you know, supplies, industries. And so then fucking Benny Arnold's like motivated by his father's own failure. And then he's not getting the fucking looks that he's expecting to get. And he's got the mullet damage. And, uh, you know, here's, here's what I'm telling you. Guns and butter. Right, right. He gets an opportunity, all right? Straight up opportunity presented from from the you know the loyalist side. You know, he goes back to Philadelphia, they caught marshal him because they're calling him an opportunist, a war profiteer, which is He was fucking, making moves. Making right. moves. He's, he had a merchantile background, is what I'm saying. Merchantile. <laughs> we missed the all boat right? entirely. We missed the boat entirely. I just think we missed the boat entirely on what that whole skit should have been. It should have been it should have been book reviews. Because you clearly been you've, been you've been reading again, obviously. Yeah. No, I just got done with this Benedict Arnold ch- chapter where where you're kind of you you look at it, you know, a few hundred years removed and you go, All right, I'm not defending Benedict Arnold, but I get I get how he got there. Raw deal. That's that's the net net is raw deal. Wow, we should have done that. I meant to say, let's map out some things. You know what? Pulse Next of the one. nation. You, no, you. Well, no, I, I think you, we got a bonus pulse of the nation. You know what's great about that bit is that there was that massive snowstorm uh, that crushed Boston and the Cape and the Vineyard and all that. And they, there was some guys out doing an interview in the snow. And I'm sure you got the because I'm sure we were both, you know, on the same tweet. People like, how great would this be if it was, you know, Pulse of Boston? Uh, I mean, uh, Pulse of the Nation. Uh, and I'm thinking, yeah, that would have been funny. Those, those were the, those were the days, my friend. Those were the days. They were missing, man. Um, continued success for everything, and then looks like we'll see you this week. All right. For sure, I'll we'll we'll connect and make sure that we're, uh, you know, I'd love to. I'd love to. How far? How far from where I am is to, is it to where you are? At and night, don't do that 20 LA pl- thing. Like, how long is it going to take me in a car? At night, twenty plus minutes. So after the dinner, I gotta easy. come by. I gotta. Yeah, I want to yeah, see. Yeah. I want to see the furnishings. I'd like to see what kind of finishes we've got. You know, judge you on sort of the layout. Done, done. I want to be judged. I love it. I'll see you this week. Thanks, man. All right. Thanks to Kyle, Steve. Please subscribe. Ringer, Spotify, Ringer Soul Podcast. This episode is brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. As a ruthless king builds his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape will fight for the future of apes and humans alike. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes, enter the kingdom in IMAX on May 10th and in theaters everywhere. Get tickets now.